On the show today, we have Dr. Furman. He is a board-certified family physician, and he advocates for what's called a micronutrient-rich diet. Hi, and welcome to the show. Hi, great to be here. So um, let me ask you this very important question. What is a micronutrient diet? Well, food contains both macronutrients and micronutrients. And macronutrients, the word macro means big. And we're referring to fat, carbohydrate, and protein, the only three sources of calories. So Americans eat too much fat, they eat too much carbohydrate, and they eat too much protein. They eat too many calories, and excess calories shorten your lifespan. Micronutrient-rich diets means a diet has a high relationship of micronutrients to calories. And the micronutrients refer to vitamins and minerals and phytochemicals and antioxidants, those lifespan-enhancing nutrients that do not contain calories. So it's all about nutritional bang per caloric buck, how much nutrient you can get in your body for every calorie you consume. And the more calorie, the more empty calories you consume or the more low-nutrient calories you consume, it not only shortens your lifespan, but it makes you crave to eat more calories. So unless you focus on micronutrient adequacy, you're always going to desire more calories than you need. And what, what are examples of micronutrient foods? Well, the foods with the highest micronutrient density are vegetables, particularly green vegetables. And green cruciferous vegetables like kale and bok choy and broccoli and mustard greens and collards, those have the most um, consistent scientific um, documentation to reduce risk of cancer and to extend lifespan in humans. You could say the more greens you can eat, the longer you live. Now, a nutritarian diet, I, I coined that term nutritarian to define a diet style that's where a person is, is trying to eat a lot of healthful foods, a lot of foods that have these high nutrient lifespan promoting effects. And we're talking about eating a diet that contains mushrooms and onions and beans and greens and berries and seeds. I use that acronym GBOMBS, G-B-O-M-B-S, GBOMBS, to encourage people to remember that these foods have um, dramatic amounts of scientific support to, to extend human lifespan, to prevent cancer, and we don't have to get cancer. We can live, that cancer, we, we've got the science, the advances in nutritional science are here. We don't have to wait till some magic discovery comes down the road 20 years from now. If people did diet rich in these anti-cancer foods, we can wipe out probably 90% of the cancers. We can wipe out almost all heart attacks and strokes and dementia. And we have this unique opportunity in human history to live longer and healthier than ever before. Um, I, know, I know there's uh, doctors out there that say uh, leptins are bad for you. What do you think? Um, well, you know, we have to go with the preponderance of evidence. There's all types of people giving contrary opinions. And there's people that tell you a diet, all meat is good for you like the carnivore diet. And there's this guy saying that vegetables and beans are dangerous because of leptins. It's, you know, we can say in all the blue zones, all the long -lived, longest lived societies around the world and always eat a lot of beans. And the more beans they eat, the longer they live. And in scientific studies, eating beans are associated with lower rates of breast cancer and prostate cancer and colon cancer and longevity in general. So, to, so there's a lot of confusion based on nonsensical ideas with no scientific support. And there's no documentation for that hypothesis to hold any type of authority or, or, or um, substance. 
It's just a completely erroneous and inaccurate claim. And do you think the uh, paleo diet is a, is a good alternative for some people that are trying to uh, get away from these high, uh, uh, carbohydrates? No, I think the paleo diet is considerably dangerous because they're still, because almost all paleo diets are advocating too much animal products. And we know a diet has to be hormonally favorable to maximize human health. That as we see, if we look at all the major studies that are, that are fit, that, uh, with the fit three criteria for credence, large numbers of people, thousands of people go on for decades and look at hard endpoints like death. We see as more animal products, more animal protein goes up in the diet, you have shorter lifespan, more heart attacks, more cancers. Because lots of mechanisms via which meats and chicken and animal proteins raise hormones that promote aging and also create bacteria in the gut that create inflammatory compounds like TMAO, trimethylamine oxide that inflames the blood vessels. So we're saying that diets high in animal products shorten lifespan. Your diet has to be high in vegetation and plant matter to extend human lifespan and prevent cancer and heart disease. And we have a complete consistency across the, the scientific literature according to that, um, that, that to um, all the data is consistent. There's no controversy that, higher, that diets higher in animal products increase, um, shorten lifespan. What I'm saying right now is the American diet is now 30% of calories from animal products. To get a point where you're having lifespan favorability, you have to reduce that to less than 10%, and for most people, even less than 5%. But let's say you use 10% as a, as a conservative figure, because most of the blue zones are all below 10%. A lot of the, most of the paleo diets are over 50% of calories from animal products. So they take the American diet, where Americans are already eating too many animal products, and they increase the animal products even further that make them probably more dangerous than even the way most Americans are presently eating. And uh, when you cook a vegetable, uh, is, is its nutrient value lessened or is it the same? It depends on the vegetable and how it's cooked. Um, for green cruciferous vegetables, if you're cooking them for more than five to seven minutes, they start to lose some enzyme activity. The myrosinase enzyme that converts into, that makes the ITCs goes down. Um, but when you're talking about a vegetable like corn or sweet potato or squash or tomatoes, when you cook those foods, it makes the carotenoids and the nutrients more absorbable. So the healthiest diet usually has a mixture of raw and cooked, where you're eating a big salad every day, but you're also eating beans and some other types of vegetables cooked as well. And do you think refined sugars are responsible for the uh, d disease epidemic like cancer and Alzheimer's? Well, what I'm saying right now is I classify food into three categories. You know, one is produce, the other is animal products, and the other is processed foods or processed carbohydrates or, or just processed foods in general. Now, processed foods give you empty calories. And when you're eating oils and fried foods and sugars and even honey and maple syrup, even any kind of, when you eat concentrated calories and concentrated sweeteners, it spikes up insulin. And insulin promotes some um, fat storage and allows angiogenesis and cancer promotion. So the answer is yes, is that processed foods, fried foods, and sugars, and marshmallows, and sweeteners are cancer promoting, but so are animal products. I'm saying that a piece of chicken is like a bagel because neither one contains fiber and neither one contains the phytochemicals and antioxidants that extend human lifespan, support immune function, and fight cancer. So we need to have lower animal products and lower processed foods dramatically so we can fill in the space with more unrefined plant foods. Now, where can people truly, truly find uh, organic food? 
Well, um, you know, the organic food movement has been growing in more stores now, of course, of carrying organic produce. But I'm, I'm of course, a big um, proponent of people growing their own gardens and growing their own sprouts and growing their own microgreens and putting a tree in a pot. You know, I'm, so we're, of course, more eating more locally grown. We, we really have to change the way food is delivered and grown. But certainly, I'm a big um, advocate of eating organic food and the organic food movement. And when we buy organic food, we make it more profitable for, for farmers to want to grow organic food and make organic food become more popular. And the price, the more people that eat it, the more the price goes down too. So, um, so the less, obviously, chemicals and pesticides and, and artificial thing, you know, fertilizers we use in our food, the better quality the food's going to be. So you're saying that uh, a healthy lunch would be less than 10% protein? No, not 10% protein, because beans and nuts and greens, vegetables are high in protein. For example, Animal protein is actually what I mean, animal, animal protein. protein. That's right. More plant protein makes you live longer, like um, hemp seeds and soybeans high in plant protein. More animal protein makes you live shorter. So a healthy lunch might be a big salad with a nut and seed-based dressing, a bowl of vegetable bean soup, and a piece of fruit. Then if you're having a cooked mixed wok dinner and you want to put a little animal product as a condiment mixed in your veg mixed vegetables, you could do that. But I'm advocating people not eat animal products, but eat each meal and, then not, and less than once a day. People eat like some animal product for breakfast, they eat some for lunch, and eat some for dinner. Eating way, way too much and, and certainly um, trying to use it only as a flavoring in very small amounts. And so when, uh, so when someone goes into your retreat, what, what, what can they expect and what do people go to your retreat for primarily? Well, that's right. The most people that come to my retreat are overweight, and they usually okay. have heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure, and they stay there for 30 to 90 days. And when they leave, they don't have high blood pressure and heart disease and diabetes anymore. They're essentially cured. I get them off their high blood pressure medications, off their diabetic medications. They're no longer diabetic. But the time they spent there, they got, they got chefs showing them how to make the food taste great. They got psychological counseling on emotional overeating. They got training from me. They, they've got a, a complete different education. The fog lifts all the, off their brain. They're thinking better. But the time away from their addictive triggers, getting off the ice cream and the soda and the fried foods, when they're away from those tempting foods, they lose their, that addictive drive to want to eat them anymore. And it sets them free so they can change the course of their health destiny. So like people go away to these health spots for a week or two, and they lose some weight and get healthier. But they go back home and they go back to eating their old diet again, and they wasted their time and wasted their, wasted their money. The Eat to Live retreat is set up for people who stay there a longer stay to make sure the benefits they get they can maintain when they get home. So we show people how to lose about 15 to 20 pounds the first month, but then to keep losing at least two pounds a week once they go home. So if they're still overweight when they leave us, they continue to drop eight pounds a month. And we show them how to, how to make the food and make it taste great so they know exactly what to do and to feel like that's the amount of food that's comfortable for them to keep losing it about at least a pound every three days or two pounds a week. Now, my estimation um, with, uh, with the current uh, food that we have in America, it, it's just as dangerous as cigarette smoking. Why is it that the United States does not regulate the food industry? Yeah, it's, it's, I'm agreeing with you 100% that the number one life-shortening addiction in America is to processed foods and fast foods and to commercial baked goods. And the link between, men, it used to be one in a hundred Americans used to be mentally ill. Now it's one in five Americans are mentally ill. 
And there's a relationship between fast food and commercial baked goods and depression and other mental illnesses. So we're talking here that food addiction reduces intelligence and makes people, takes over people's lives. So they don't have the control of their lives anymore. And it makes them live just to eat. And then they, then the life becomes a, a tragedy of, of uh, mental problems, physical problems, heart disease, cancers, strokes, dementia, and their life completely falls apart. So it's incredibly, and so uh, the food escaped, I mean, the medical profession, you know, tries to solve conditions that are a result of nutritional stupidity with drugs by putting more toxins in the body. So it's a combination of our political and social network, the, the, the public's desire to eat these dangerous and, and foods that get you hooked, the acceptance of those foods that everybody's eating them, the, the commercial food and fast food establishments all over the place, and, and also the fact that the medical profession never took lifestyle medicine and nutrition under its wings. It left that to the other, to, you know, so right now we have a tremendous, tremendous growth in the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. Physicians are starting to become more interested and more physicians are utilizing these approaches. But for years and years, it was totally under the radar. And it's just starting to take to, to um, get some foothold in American healthcare right now. Now, uh, can you omit animal protein from your diet and still live a healthy life? Or do you need animal protein in your diet? It's most likely the case that a strict vegan diet is the most lifespan enhancing diet style, most likely the case. However, once you go to a diet that's completely vegan, you're missing certain nutrients that could cause a problem, such as B12, and zinc is not added, you're not getting the optimal amount of zinc. Um, you have to watch your iodine, and of course DHA, because there could be some brain shrinkage due to DHA deficiency in vegans who are not watching that when they get if they live a long time and get older. So what I'm saying right now is a conservative, conservatively and intelligently supplemented vegan diet is most likely the most lifespan enhancing diet. We know from the Seventh-day Adventist, the, the Adventist Health Study 2, which came out in 2018, it showed that even those Seventh-day Adventists that ate meat um, even a few times a week had a higher heart attack rates than Seventh-day Adventists who ate no meat. So we saw, you know, and we do, you know, we have a lot of studies on this to track that as animal products go down, um, heart attack rates and cancer rates go down as well. So I, I think and that did they, it's uh, not did they control for uh, for poultry or red meat, or was it just b both? It's both poultry and red meat. That's correct. Okay, okay. Um, that that's very interesting. Um, now, a person who's overweight right now and who's been eating. Uh, processed foods for over, you know, ten years. What, what's your advice for that person in terms of uh, how to get healthy again? Well, you know, I have a website, drperman.com, where I teach people information. They learn, they read, they get, you know. But my, but the book that I've written, and I have six New York Times best-selling books. The book that I've written for that person who's yo-yoed their diet, addicted to food, is overweight, is called The End of Dieting. The first step for them. They can go on Amazon or my website, order the book, The End of Diet, Dieting. They can get it in paperback, and they can read that book. And a lot of people can do great just by reading a book, coming to the website, getting some support, getting join some forums to compete, to communicate with other people. It's always good to have some support and to not do it on your own. But a lot of people have just read a book and done it on their own. You know? so it's, and so do you think these yo-yo diets, these people uh, engage in, destroy the metabolism over time? 
Well, they certainly make people throw in the towel. And when you lose weight and gain it back again, you're not in better health, you're in worse health. So going on, so losing weight just to gain it back again serves no long-term benefits. It's only a benefit if you lose weight and keep it off the rest of your life. So we're talking about teaching people how to make healthy food taste great, how to tweak their diet to make it healthier, and stay with those changes for the rest of their life. We're not talking about a temporary change to lose weight real fast, or we're not talking about, we wanna teach them things they can maintain and have them learn skills they can maintain and keep going with that. So any benefits they get, they, they get those benefits and they keep the benefits. So that's the main thing, right? So fads and, and scams and all these tricks that, you, that are not healthy are not gonna work because the minute you go off it, the weight's gonna come back again anyway. And, the diet uh, has to be primarily on lengthening lifespan. Right, and what about fasting? Do you, are you a proponent of fasting or do you think it's not a good idea? Well, for most people that don't eat healthfully, it's not the major thing they should be considering. One thing we know for sure, though, is that going to bed on a full stomach and eating dinner late at night is not good for your longevity or good for your health. The most important thing to remember about fasting is that skip eating a lighter and an earlier dinner. So you extend the fasting window between the end of dinner and the start of breakfast. Definitely lowers rates of cancer, keeps you metabolically fit, and extends human lifespan. So we're talking about finish eating dinner at six or seven o'clock and not eating between seven o'clock when you go to bed at 10 or 11 o'clock at night. Take a break from eating before you go to bed at night and go to sleep on an empty stomach. That's the most important thing for the average person to know. Now, we can use therapeutic fasting for a person with lupus or asthma to help people get well therapeutically for certain conditions, but that's a tool for the armamentarium of a doctor. That's not, that's not really the, um, what people have to know about right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, what if uh, someone has a sedentary lifestyle? Will the diet still uh, reduce someone's weight? Absolutely. They, ju they still lose 15 to 20 pounds if they're sedentary. And most of these people that I see that are you know, 250 to 350 pounds, they're too overweight to do much exercise. They, once they lose 50 pounds, they feel like exercising. But, to, but first, they've got to just not worry about that. Not worry that they can't exercise. If they're back, if they're knees, if they're too big to exercise, that's not going to be the answer for them. They got to do it through food. I always say you lose weight in the kitchen and you gain muscle in the gym. In other words, going to the gym helps you get good body, is good for your health and good for your muscles and your bones, but it's not the primary thing to make you lose weight. Losing weight is done in the kitchen with what you put in your mouth. And so what about an athlete who, who, uh, who exercises a lot, trains a lot? It, would their diet look different than someone who's uh, sedentary? Oh, yeah, of course, because they're burning more calories and need much more food. And a lot of professional athletes are eating this way. You know, we're talking about top tennis players in the world. We're watching their dieting, healthy foods. We're talking about Tom Brady, Kyrie Irving. We're talking about all these top athletes are now trying to extend their career, maintaining their youthfulness by watching what they eat. And they, some of them carry, follow my recipes and carry green smoothies and, and put blended salads and earning greens and, and doing all these things. And it's working for them. You're seeing these athletes maintaining their athletic powers when they get older. And look at Venus Williams, who had to quit the tennis tour because of her Sjogren's syndrome, who switched to essentially a nutritarian diet and got rid of her autoimmune condition and back competing at a high level again. Wow. And, and not even who cares? It's, it's, it's not this important she's competing again. The important thing is she doesn't have an autoimmune disease ravishing and destroying her body anymore. She got better. Now, that's what I see. People come to my retreat with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis and lupus and Sjogren's syndromes and scleroderma, 
and they make improvements and they get better and their diseases go away and they get rid of their migraines and their skin clears and they, so what I'm saying right now is nutritional excellence is powerful stuff. People can get well from serious illnesses. What are, uh, what are the things that you think I missed that you want to talk about? Well, the main thing I want to make clear is that nobody has to have a heart attack or a stroke and putting stents in your heart and going for surgery isn't the solution. It's not making people live longer. That instead of having blood, taking blood pressure medications that are carcinogenic and, and cover up, it's like sweeping the, sweeping the um, dirt under the rug. Right. We have to, if you really want to be protected against heart disease, you have to have a normal blood pressure without medication, a normal cholesterol without medication, a normal, you have to have normal diabetic parameters without drugs, and you have to have a normal body weight. And there's no such thing as an overweight, healthy person. People who are overweight are sickly even if their blood pressure is normal. So what I'm saying right now is that nutritional science gives us the ability to control our health destiny. Don't settle for mediocrity. Don't do what other people do. Don't just go to your doctor and take drugs. Take charge of your life and take charge of your health. And we can live to be near 100 years old with our full mental faculties and body intact and enjoying our life. This is a unique opportunity that people have to take advantage of. Yeah, I've done a lot of research on diets and different food plans. Um, and yours, I know yours is not a diet, it's just a way of life. Uh, but your lifestyle in terms of eating is, is the best one, the most sensible one, I think. There's a lot of athletes, though, that promote you know, the uh, paleo diet, just a bunch of beef, lots of beef and potatoes. And it's never, it seems like a very iffy kind of proposition to eat animal protein all the time. That's right. I mean, we got to recognize that the money, we're talking about the phytochemicals and antioxidants to fight cancer, are in the fruits and vegetables, not in the meat. So whether you eat some animal products or not, your diet has to be, you'll have a huge amount and a huge variety of natural plants. And we instruct people how to make those plant foods taste great, how to cook them properly so they don't lose the nutrients, how to make the dishes to make them taste great, how to make an ice cream, for example, out of like a vanilla and ice cream made with like banana and walnuts and real vanilla bean powder and how to make things taste great so they don't have to eat junk food. So it's a different way of looking at food. There's a lot of people who have like um, sensitive oh, stomachs sensitive. and they eat these cruciferous foods and they're very hard on their stomach. Do you recommend anything for them? Mostly with some people, we have to start with smaller amounts. They can't tolerate beans. We have to give them only a tablespoon of beans a day. And, but over a period of a few months, we can increase it as the body builds up the bacteria to digest them better. So some people can't eat so much raw food at the beginning. So we have to modify it and bring them into the diet a little more slowly. There's some individual nuances you have to make for individual problems, yes. Okay. And where can people find out more information about you? To come to drfurman.com. D-R-F-U-H-R-M-A-N.com, and they can read about my books, my retreats, other new, you know, other events we have, and, and just join in a community of learning more and getting assistance in with their, to get support for them. Thank you for being on the show, Doctor. My pleasure. Best of health to you, of course, and all your listeners. Thank you. 